Welcome. Welcome everybody to Proactive, the podcast where we dive deep, deep into the realms of productivity. It's not just another podcast about being productive in business and more achievement. It's a podcast where we get to chat with experts. Our hosts are Dr. Tina, Richie, Arthur, and our guests. And each week we will provide you with tips, strategies, and insights to supercharge your best life. Proactive is about being productive mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. If you're ready to produce, really produce your best life and balance being with doing, then hit the subscribe button and get proactive. Now let's welcome today's guest. Today we have Ellie, Ellie McPherson. Ellie is a former finance operational professional, but she's turned a life intimacy and relationship master coach. She's an expat from the United States. She lives in Buenos Aires now. She teaches yoga on the side for fun. She's really an advocate for pleasure and mindfulness while being productive in all of life. Welcome, Ellie. And we are here talking about being productive. And as I say in the introduction, being productive is so much more than getting things done. And I know you know that. Um, So tell me your take on some of your tips that help you get things done. And you can start with what you do physically, what you do about your emotions, what you do about your thoughts. You know, what is it that helps you get your work done and do it with pleasure and play? I think for me, starting my day off right with my like morning routine is pretty crucial. I've gotten a really good routine in the last year or so where pretty much every morning I wake up, I have a glass of hot water with lemon. I lay out my massage mat or my yoga mat. um, And I do this, this like satan namak kirtan kriya, which has just really stuck for me really well this last year. I do, before I do that, I like lay down and I do an orienting practice. It's just this practice where you kind of look around the space. It's really calming for your nervous system. So I usually do that. Um, Sometimes I do some like dry brushing. That's, I find that very pleasurable and it wakes my body up in a really nice way and gets the lymph moving. Then I do this Kirtan Kriya. Um, I might do some like simple cat-cow yoga stuff to get myself stretched out. Um, And then a gratitude practice. And I find that starting my day, like the days where I don't have time to do that, I notice the difference. Mm -hmm. Thanks. I uh, totally agree. Having a morning practice that is focused on self um, and connecting with the universe really does set my day in motion. Let's ask our other hosts. Richie, do you have a morning routine? So I do, I do. Um, being ex-army, I um I like to wake up and the first thing I do is make my bed. And the reason why I do that is because I heard a, a general who did a speech a few years back and he said that if you wake up and you make your bed, if you succeed at nothing else in that day, you've at least succeeded at making your bed. Mm-hmm. So it's not a, an entirely waste of a day, which I found really in- interesting as a concept because having multiple kids at home and having animals and my wife goes out and works um, in the city and I'm the one who works at home. So my day can get quite full quite quickly. Um, so I, I love to hear that that people have the time in the morning to to be able to then do something for themselves as well. Um, and Buenos Aires, is, is that right? Is that where you are at the moment? It's got to be you know spectacular to wake up in the morning. And I guess it's always sunny down there. Or is that just what I see on the TV? Is is that no, true? It's winter here. It doesn't really get snowy in Buenos Aires, but so right now we're it's like about to be summer. It's quite it's getting quite warm. But 
like June, July, August here is the equivalent of winter. <coughs> so picture like Washington DC in the US. It doesn't really snow, but it gets like kind of cold and humid. It's not pleasant. Yes, yeah, so I forget you on the other side. So I, it's I reverse, just wanna, isn't it? I just want to stop and say something which is really funny. And again, I live in Los Angeles, so I'm lucky with weather, right? In the sense of missing the seasons. And so this weekend I'm in Denver. And I went running outside in the cold and there's ice and snow on the ground. And the gratitude I had mm -hmm. for the cold and you, when you're not in it regularly, it's really refreshing to see the trees without leaves and just the starkness of life. And I, I had this whole run about, you know, it's dark and it's winter and things are going to germinate in spring. And it, so I had this incredible love for the change in weather, but again, I don't live there all the time. So I'm sure that it gets old really quickly. Yeah, right, I think the right. weather does help. I think yeah. the weather does help when it comes to your emotions and, and just who you are. I think, you know, if, I would love to live on a desert island where you wake up and it's sunny and you don't have to worry about anything and you know you can go to the beach and you can sit there and this is kind of a dream of mine to to be able to get to the point in life where i can just live on an island and just walk down to the beach and just sit there and and look at the sea and just kind of breathe it in and, and be one with myself and nature and again i know the last podcast where we spoke about me being a bit of a hippie but um i i just i find that that's that's kind of where I want to go in life. And we talk about paths on the show quite often. Um, and that's certainly a path I would like to get to. Certainly would be. And um, yeah. So, I mean, with yourself, um, you said you do yoga on the side. Mm -hmm. Is that more of a hobby or is that something that you do for yourself? I've been practicing yoga pretty much since college. So at least 20 years. And about five or six years ago when I kind of up and quit my nine to five, like normal office job life, I got certified to teach yoga. So I've been teaching since then. I'm actually going this afternoon to teach here. I'm teaching a yoga in English class here in Buenos Aires. Um, so it's, it's a big part of like my personal life. And I also really love sharing it as teaching it. And it's, I've really, as I've become a coach, like it's all become much more inter interwined. Like it's all one big metaphor for me. So tell me, I like that concept of it's a metaphor for how you are productive in your life, right? So why don't you give our listeners what you feel are the benefits of yoga um, in, in 30 seconds or less? No, I mean, obviously not to, you know, not the, the whole everything. Yoga is a philosophy. It's a way of life. But maybe explain that, that it's not just an exercise class. I think in America, oh, yeah. people think of yoga as an exercise class and yoga really is a way of life. And so um, just like you said, it becomes a metaphor for your life. If you can explain that to people, that would be great. Yeah, so without going in like, cause yes, you can go into all the yoga philosophy or you can just go to yoga class once a week for stress reduction and flexibility and still get a huge benefit from it. So it's, you know, the kind of like the more flexible you are in your body, the more flexible your mind is going to be. And every yoga, you know, there's different styles of yoga. The way I teach yoga is hatha and I teach a very, I go slow because my philosophy is life is going really fast. And some of them were just, we're, we're going so fast. We like barely have time to really notice what's going on. So I intentionally teach my classes a bit slow 
to really get people in the practice of mindfulness and presence. I, that's something I come back to. I like, you know, every 10 minutes or so, I'm like, come back to your breath, notice your breath. Where's your mind at? Can you stay present? So the way I teach it is very much an active practice in staying present with your breath, mind, and body, um, staying connected to the universe, soul, universe, yourself, your breath, that kind of thing. Even when you know you start doing things that are more complicated and you, your heart rate starts going up and now we're twisting and you know, can you stay present in that? And that's the kind of metaphor for life, right? Like things are gonna get a little wobbly. Can you stay present? What's saying, what's keeping you grounded? Even like there's a concept in yoga, like root to rise. Maybe you've heard, you know, you're doing like a tree pose or something. Okay, what's your root? What's your foundation? How do you stay grounded so that, you know, when the winds of life push you around a bit, you don't topple over? Like those, that kind of thing. Um, I also work a lot with people around reminders of like how to use your breath to stay present and flexible. So like the idea of like inhale to expand, exhale to contract, like using those natural cycles of the breath to open, to expand, expand, and okay, there's that natural contraction afterwards, then you can expand again. So playing with those concepts. Um, so I'm, I'm very much trying to incorporate kind of these more spiritual, metaphysical kind of like life lessons into the, the physical practice. Yeah, I know my yoga teacher um, in our balance session, she noticed that my balance had improved and I was joking. Yeah, that's because you were out on maternity leave. It's just been more months of yoga. And she said, no, I bet you're more balanced in your life mm -hmm. because when emotionally and mentally you're more balanced and there's less wasted energy and talk in your brain, you're physically able to balance better. Yeah. And I thought that, and she was right. And it was, it really is um, a mimic everything, you know, everything you do in life, you do in everything you do in life, right? How you do one thing is how you do everything. No, actually, I've been doing more Zumba, which is good. Uh, both of you know me. So, you know, it's as far as the wake up routine, for one thing, I get up and take a deep breath and then uh, meditate for a bit, at least 15 minutes, pretty much every day, which is good. I have a special T-shirt I wear, so that gets me in that mode. Uh, it's a symbol of getting out of, you know, as you would say, Tina, my head, and then getting into another, you know, special spot. Uh, given the accountant in me, I also check my checkbook, uh, you know, online uh, on the bank, Wells Fargo, every five days, five business days, because about 15 years ago, I was a victim of identity theft, so... I always check that and it gives me clarity that everything's on track. And then, uh, then I start the day. So did you, was that the answer to the question you asked or something else? That was a prior question. Thank you for answering it, Arthur. What I'd like to know is I know if you, not too long ago, you took up a yoga practice and yoga. I'm curious if yoga has by practicing yoga, if you've noticed any changes in your, Sorry in your life. That's so, all, it's all good. So, yeah, they, they canceled the class I was going to. So that wasn't conducive towards yoga and practice. But when I was doing it, uh, it was usually twice a week. And now they're going to resume it. So I'm going to get back to it. But uh, definitely showing up at the studio is good. Being in, in that space. And then, um, you know, 
stretching, breathing, it's definitely helpful. And the practice is definitely gives more balance and relaxation. Fabulous. Yeah. So again, a metaphor for life, stretching, flexible, expanding, contraction, and going with the flow of life because life is always expanding and contracting. Mm -hmm. Life is always, there's obstacles and smooth sailing. And how do we stay on course and on the path as we continue facing our challenges, right? How do we stay productive when life is trying to pull us off course? So Ellie, can you speak to that for our listeners? Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> you've picked up and changed careers completely. And that takes a lot of effort, bravery, and, and desire, right? And um, tell us about what it was like to say, I'm going to move to a new country. I'm going to change careers. How did that work in your nervous system? And how did you work through it? So it didn't all happen at once. It's a, it's a, there's, a, you know, there's more pieces to the story of how I got to be where I am today. Um, but yeah, the nervous system question is a good one. Um, I think I've had to just like flex that muscle of resiliency a fair amount because I'm, I would say I live with a higher level of uncertainty than the average person. Like we, you know, we all, we all struggle with uncertainty at times. I think I've gotten better at it because I've just dealt with more uncertainty over the years than most people have. Um, like even now we're living in a temporary apartment. We're looking to buy something here. You know, who knows when that's going to happen. Um, and so, and I used to, you know, like speaking to you about being an accountant, right? I used to be essentially an accountant. Um, and I still do a little bit of that on the side. Um, so I think it was a big lesson for me in like, I still like to plan. I love my Google calendar. I love seeing everything on the calendar. I love a spreadsheet. Um, and I think my biggest lesson in these last couple of years since leaving that more traditional job and moving around a lot, especially during the pandemic, coming here, I, I followed a boy, you know, that's kind of how I got here. Um, so a lot of uncertainty. And I think, yeah, the biggest lesson for me has been faith kind of, um, and, and by faith, I mean, I'm not a particularly religious person, but it's more just this kind of inner knowing that it's going to be okay. When my mind starts getting to like, well, I don't know what's going to happen. And the worrying that's where something like a yoga practice or a mindfulness practice, or just being in sensation in my body going, like, I love to be outside going hiking or even just right now I live in a big city, it's harder to do that, but just going and like being in the, in the park when I can get time in nature, that's when I can just really drop into like the present moment and it's, everything's going to be fine. Yeah. I could, I could pontificate forever about all these things, but the more I have practiced that and then things are okay. Um, I've also realized over the years that I'm a powerful manifester, you know, like things that I've said out loud that I wanted to happen or things that I had an idea that I wanted to create happened. And then I can kind of, once when I start getting to that, like, ah, I don't know what's happening now, it's not working. I kind of like take a little mental inventory. I'm like, damn, I've achieved a lot of what I wanted in my life. Like things just sort of worked out for me, you know? Like, so it's that mental reminder that things have worked out for me and they're going to keep working out and I don't need to overstress it. I mean, I have my moments, right? But <laughs> um, for the most part, I think I've come a lot better at that than I used to be. Yeah. I, I just want to share so funny the other day I was going to the airport to catch a plane to go where I'm, I'm at a retreat this weekend. And 
there was more traffic I should have planned. It's Los Angeles. Should have known there'd be more traffic, right? And I'm staring there and I, my old self would just have been incredibly anxious. I still had anxiety, but I'm sitting there in the car just listening and just saying, you know, it's going to work out or it's not. And I'm going to make another plane or I'm not. And I could, and it's like, it's not worth my blood pressure and my health to fret about it. It's going to be what it's going to be. And I can't go faster than the traffic. I just have to breathe and sit with it and get there. And lo and behold, I like raced to the gate and they were just deplaning the plane before I had plenty of time. And I just kept saying, take the red pill of the matrix. It's going to work out. Do not. And it was that, that breath of it's not worth my worry. Just yeah. let it be. If I'm breathing, I'm really okay. And I have to always remind myself if I'm breathing and I'm alive, I'm okay. Yeah, exactly. We have a phrase here, it's low KI, which basically means like it is what it is. Ah. Um, and I find myself saying it a lot because yeah, like it is, there are certain things where you're like, like yesterday I was laughing about this because I had, I had made an appointment to get some new headshots, um, like for my social media. And I was like, I missed the appointment. They rescheduled, thankfully. I you know, got up early to get my hair and makeup done for these photo shoot. And then it was like, it was like a torrential thunderstorm, like downpour yesterday. So I'm on the bus with my bag of clothes for my thing, like hovering, huddling under the bus stop, trying not to get wet, trying to keep my hair from not being frizzy, which was completely <laughs> not working. <laughs> and then in, in that moment, I had that thought, like there was a small moment of like, oh, poor, poor me, you know, like, of course. And then I switched to that idea of like, well, everything in the universe is happening for you. So if this was happening for me, why, what is it? And then I was like, this is just hilarious. Like here I am thinking I can <laughs> make this work and this is just making me laugh. Um, and then in that moment of humor about it, it's like, yeah, it's still not ideal, but it is what it is. I can't change it. So I might as well have a good laugh about it. Yeah, that's a great motto. Any of you guys notice that in your lives? Yeah, in psychology, we, um, when I was a counselor before, I used to try and teach my, um, I used to try and teach people that living in the present is where you need to be. Anything that's happened is a memory and anything in the future is your imagination. So the present is where you're always living and it's always moving. So you've got to, and, and this is where it's really interesting learning about yoga because I've tried it once. And I think um, my body's probably just not made for yoga at the moment. Um, getting a bit old, 15 years in the army. So I, I tried it, but it was more on the psychological side that I found interesting, where you have to ground yourself, not just in your body and have a strong grounding in your feet and, and the body itself, but also your mind. And living in the present, hearing you say that living in the present is really important. It's something that I know my wife and I would like to get into, um, I think I've, I'm at the age where I need to become more flexible and, and start looking after myself a bit more. Um, but yeah, I mean, just living in the present is is where it's at. And yeah, I, I, yoga, um, Pilates, anything that when it comes to it, being fitness um, background, I'm a personal trainer. So as people get older, I've explained to clients that your body starts to not deteriorate, but it slows down. So you need to, instead of trying to build muscle, you're trying to maintain muscle. So your mental capacity and the way that you think needs to change and click over so that instead of saying, well, I'm 
going to go and be Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm going to go to the gym and lift heavy weights. Actually, what you need to do is you need to go and you need to lift light weights and do more reps than you would have before if you were in your 20s or 30s and try something like yoga. And I am the ironic person who tells people to go and try yoga. And I'm, I'm, if I'm honest, I'm probably a bit scared to do it myself um, because I know it's a journey and you've got to do a lot of soul searching. And um, I know that's something that I will do in my life at some point. But at the moment, um, like I said, you know, I've got a crazy house all the time. So trying to find a Zen moment for me is is, is quite interesting. But um, I know Arthur, um, we, we used to go to the same gym as each other. Um, and we used to train together. And you were doing yoga. And I know the, I won't mention the instructor's name, um, but she was fantastic at it. And you said that they cancelled it and then they changed over. But you did Zumba, didn't you? So Zumba, as you mentioned. And just every time I saw you, the joy when you used to speak about it was, it, it was unparalleled to any of my other clients who would just come to the gym. So, you know, please tell us about the Zumba lessons as well. I, that's something I would love to get into. Uh, Yoga and Zumba got to be the two things on my list. I don't think we'd let you into the class, Richie, but we'll have to. <laughs> uh, so when we were training right after that, this Zumba class started. And then right after that, there was a yoga class. So I would walk into the tail end of the Zumba class. And I, the woman, Julie, she's uh, from Dominican Republic. So she's just phenomenal energy. And there's about 30 people in the in this class and they're nuts. They're all nuts. And I'm awful at that. I mean, uh, and I, you know, I know everything's twos and fours and, and whatever. Right. But just the energy that she's created and the group. And I, I personally like to hang out with lots of different people and get different inputs and see different people and, and see what they're about and, and their karma and everything. So these are people I would never meet, even though some of them live, uh, Richie and you and I live a few blocks from each other. So, you know, you might see them at Starbucks or you might see them at some, you know, Trader Joe's. So they're there. It's just the energy and the release of it, as well as the exercise and the, the aerobics of it uh, is just totally free. And, you know, being in the moment, as Ellie was saying, is is the key. Right. I'm, I'm not thinking about this other garbage or <laughs> business or anything else. Right. So it's it's really important to find a space and pick what that is for each person. And that probably can vary at different times. You know, the, the theme that I'm hearing throughout people's comments today is connection and how important it is for all of us to connect with ourselves, but also connect with the energy of other humans and the energy that is manifest in the universe in nature. And we are not separate from the universe. We are one and the same of the magic of life on this planet. And this planet is a living planet. And we are living in symbiosis with all of nature, all of weather, all of the individuals that are next to us. We learn in heart math 
our heart is actually a stronger energetic magnet than our brain, right? We have, we're all electrical. We have EEGs, EMGs, EKGs, right? That's all us measuring the energy moving through our body. And heart math measures and heart rate variability measures um, the beat to beat variability of the heart. And the higher the variability, the healthier we are. We know this from this is what we measure in utero in fetuses when they're in labor and before labor. And we have forgotten how to measure it as we come out of the womb. And heart math and, and the concept of improving heart rate variability, when you walk in that Zumba room and the energy is flowing and people are positive, when you are out in nature feeling the vast vastness of nature usually our heart rates become a higher variability and when we graph it it's a gorgeous sine wave and imagine the ripple effect of throwing one rock in a pond and having it ripple out and seeing the beauty of it expand in a lake that is what happens with people that have high heart rate variability. They are literally emanating like a rock in a pond, pebble in a pond, this beautiful wave of energy. And we are all actually picking it up and feeling it. And your mood lifts. And so using community, yoga, breath, nature, to connect to yourself and to other is a really great way for you to lift your own heart rate variability, you lower your stress and be a healthier you. So the little medical in me had to pop in. Ellie, you want to give us a few more tips to, to that we could be more mindful or, or more in our space, out of our space, in someone else's space? <laughs> now, about, we're talking about, like when I talk to clients who are like, you know, professionals trying to monitor, like, all the things that we're just talking about, kids, parents, jobs, right? Like we're all trying to manage all these things. The, the way I think about it is the guardrails. Like you imagine like what keeps the car on the track. <laughs> and for everybody, the guardrails are a little bit different, but kind of really getting clear on like, what are your personal guardrails? Like for me, it's doing my morning practice. It's getting enough exercise. It's getting enough alone time. You know, I have another client who is swimming, right? So um, and when, and when we talk about productivity, another big topic I often comes up with clients with me is like this idea that we get to define our own success metrics. Because I think where people get off track is like in comparisonitis of what, what, you know, what am I trying to achieve here? And it can get a little existential, like, well, how much money should I be making? And what is success in comparing? But when we define our own success metrics, so even like a success metrics that you define for yourself could be then with this one client of mine, right? It's like I swim three times a week. Because when that happens, everything else in my life works better. I'm nicer to my kids. I'm more productive at work. Um, so like, that's one example, right? Is the swimming thing. For somebody else, it might be doing the morning meditation. For somebody else, it might be going to bed before 10 o'clock, making sure they have four glasses of water a day. I mean, these are like little things that we can control that you can track in terms of what success, right? Or like, um, you know, this, this month, my success metric is that even when my kids were like being really annoying I didn't yell <laughs> those like those are the success metrics that we can set for ourselves and we can track and in the end of the day it's about relationships right how how do we show up for ourselves and the people we care about and the rest of it is just you know we're, we're making money we're we're being successful in the court of like capitalistic um external trappings but most people at the end of the day 
don't really find that, you know, when they ask people what they regretted in life, it was, it was never working, you know, it was never, oh, I, I spend too much time with my kids or I loved my family too much. Um, so yeah, so I do think that productivity very much lies in having these kind of just basic guardrails, these basic practices that keep us connected and being our best selves. And we can fine tune that for each of us. And then choosing our own metrics of what we consider to be productive or success. And then that doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, what we see on TV or what we see on LinkedIn. That's a beautiful, beautiful lessons for the listeners. Comparisonitis is real. It's a disease. I had it. <laughs> and uh, it, it takes you down and finding your own success and your own goals. And for Richie, if, if he makes the bed every morning, he has been success, right? And exactly. going to yoga and Zumba once a week is success. Waking up and taking a breath can be success. And so I love those those tips. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really it's really great to hear as a parent you know, that actually I've never thought about it the way that you've described it, that it's a metric and the timeline of how I look at myself can be as short as I want to be or as long as I want it to be. So I find that because of, because of the military in me, I've always looked into the future quite quite far. We're always driven. You get one rank, you're working towards the next one. So you hit Lance Corporal, you want to be a corporal, you want to be a sergeant, you want to get up to a warrant officer. So you never have time to stop and thinking the way that, you know, maybe yoga, Zumba, um, even in my own counseling, that you can shorten the timelines and say, well, I'm going to be successful. But what does that look like and how, how am I going to measure that? Is it, am I going to be a successful father over the next month? Um, take the example that you said there, you know, not shout at my kids for the next month. Uh, I, I, I'm a very loud person. Um, I do find myself shouting and that's because I was a drill sergeant. So I found that I was an instructor as well for two and a half years. So I was always level above everyone else, telling them, come on, we need to go, we need to go. And when we were doing battle scenarios, you know, we were on the ground and we were shouting a lot and it was trying to get to the enemy position. And, and so to slow myself down and understand myself a bit better, certainly that's something I'm going to be taking on board. That's really good lessons to understand who you are, who you're working with and what your goals are at the end of, don't even do a month at the end of a day. How did you do today? Break mm -hmm. it down. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So. It's so unique for everybody because in Richie's case, if you are, have this history of being something of like a drill sergeant, literally, well, that's, you know, that's a pattern that is going to be difficult or different to break. And then there's also plenty of people who maybe success for them is actually the opposite. It's learning how to stand up for themselves. I mean, there's a lot of people who struggle on a daily basis with feeling like they're not heard, they're walked all over, et cetera. Right. So I work a lot with people around the idea of boundaries, like saying no, when they normally would say yes, because they're scared that they can't say that kind of thing. So the success could be like, I got the wrong coffee order. And instead of just being quiet about it, eating my words and going about my day, I actually said, excuse me, I actually ordered with soy milk. I mean, that could be a huge success for somebody. Yeah. yeah. Those are valuable, valuable lessons for people. So are there any other tips, strategies that anyone wants to give to our listeners before we end this podcast? Yeah, I think just believe in yourself. Um, certainly from what we've heard today, the kind of productivity that you want to create in your life is all within your own mind. 
So plan it and then carry it out. And we went, we last week and, and the week before we talked about, you ask, you believe, you receive, and then you thank. And that's something I live my life by. I ask the universe for something. I believe in it 100%. Um, and then when I receive it, I thank the universe or I thank those around me who have helped it come to fruition. And I just want to add for people, at the end of the day, if you don't reach all your goals or it didn't go according to plan, that's okay too. Because even in the not getting or the not reaching the goals, the divine universe, that's planned for you as well. For how can you grow and learn and do tomorrow just a tiny bit differently? Yeah, exactly. I would I would add to that and try Zumba at least once. <laughs> I love it. Yep. Do you something can. different to break trend, to uh, you know, get into a different space. Go meet some new people. Go go try something else. I love it. I love it all. So that's all the time we have for today, our fellow Proactivators. I'd like to thank our guests, Ellie, for their amazing insights. Check her out on Instagram and Facebook and anywhere else they can find you, LinkedIn. Yes. Ellie McPherson. We'll put it in the show notes, how they can reach you. She does coaching around the world. So you can be in America, you can be in Buenos Aires, you can be in Australia, and she can coach you. I invite you all to listen to our next episode. Our podcast is now airing every Monday at 9 a.m. to start your week off well. So until next time, remember, time is our most valuable resource. So we invite you to get proactive, be productive, and ensure that you can produce your best life. 